Welcome back to Infinity Nerd. I'm your host, John Haycock, and I'm back with my co-host, Mike Smith. How's it going? And we are here to talk about the latest episode of the Disney Plus series, Loki. We're on season one, episode five, titled Journey into Mystery. So we're going to go ahead and do non-spoilers first. Um, That way, if you haven't seen it, you can go ahead and watch it before you come back and listen to the rest. So... Mike, what's your first thoughts? It picks up exactly where we want it to. Um, I'm not going to go into too much spoilers, but I will say that it jumps right off of where you would expect it to. And we see a wild ride. That's all I'm going to say. It just, yeah. You thought the show was weird. It just got weirder, but in a good way. Oh, definitely. And I think it explains a lot. It definitely goes way more into detail than you actually think. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as if they are kind of pushing a lot into this episode but they have done it so smoothly that you can't even tell that there's so much detail into this episode unless you're stopping and replaying it over and over and over again you know i agree but i honestly don't know if we can get into any more detail without spoiling it because there's just so much it just it gets crazy and wild that's all i'm gonna say yeah without spoilers (laughs) definitely so uh, I'm sorry that the non-spoilers weren't as long as you'd hope, but um, if you want to join us with the rest of it, that's uh, spoilers. I would suggest you go ahead and watch the rest of the episode and then join with us um, as we go on this crazy ride. So, um, yeah, it definitely starts back up where it left off. Um, we see, you know, Ravona and Renslayer back together and then, uh, we see Loki in that crazy world with four different Lokis surrounding I, him. I will say I really like the fact that they took the post credit scene and put it at the very beginning of this yeah. episode because of the fact that not everyone's going to know there was a post credit scene. That's something I think that Disney or Marvel's still trying to figure out how their post credit scenes are going to work in this new universe. Honestly, I think they should just put one at the very end of the very last episode as if it was the end of a film, but... Um, I do like that in this case, they did it so if you didn't watch the post credit scene, you're fine. That yeah. You're not it like all of a sudden, why is Loki surrounded by these people? Not that yeah. you knew they were anyways from last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they didn't do it in the first couple episodes, and then they did it in this episode. Or not this episode, but the episode before this. Um, but they didn't do it in this episode. Yeah, so it's it's all random, and that's... I almost feel like they should just either say, hey, stay tuned for the post credit scene. Something on the shows to just let you know or a symbol or something that they like, you know, over time it has a symbol and then it says, you know, stay tuned for a thing. And then just in the future, they could just start putting that symbol. People know if there's a post credit scene right away because the credits start and I'm Googling every time is mm-hmm. there a post credit scene. I mean, I don't mind the research aspect. I think that's what keeps it fun of being, you know, a nerd or a geek. Where it's, it is. you get to know this information that's top secret. Well, I wouldn't say top secret, but it's secret to a lot of people. <laughs> Classified. Exactly. Yeah. To other people who don't, you know, really follow this kind of stuff, you know, like older generations who don't really care for superhero movies and stuff like that, but just go see them with a family. I can so see it's that. kind of fun to me. And like, no, look, there's going to be another credit scene or there's going to be another scene where they're going to explain a lot more of what's going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's well, I feel like they either need to do something in every episode or something in big episodes, like the first and the last, or somehow notify you that there is one. I mean, I agree, like someone like you or I are 
who are willing to do the due diligence and mm -hmm. look it up. But if, for example, let's say that this was a bigger scene than it really was. I mean, it was a big scene, but you know what I mean? If it was something bigger had happened in that post credit scene and they didn't put it at the beginning of the next episode, you would be lost if you had no idea. So what I'm just saying is like the organization of Marvel in their shows, I think, is still needing to be tweaked a little bit. Overall, it's great, but that's just one yeah. of a few critiques. Um, but yeah, so different variations of Loki as we started. Um, again, that we kicked off right where the post credit scene is. Uh, we see four of them, three to four, three, maybe four. Uh, we see classic kid, boastful, and alligator. It's confirmed yeah. alligator, not crocodile. They said yeah. alligator several times throughout the episode, <laughs> which I noticed. It was almost to the point of like they were trying to make a statement. We don't like crocodiles. It's an alligator. To be honest, I honest, I don't know the difference. <laughs> they they look the same to me. They live in the swamp. They're green right. and scaly, and they chomp they're, on things. They're cousins. They yeah. gotta be. Um, um, but, but yes, so we saw him immediately appear with a bunch of Lokis. First question to you. Hmm. Why is it that we see only Lokis there, aside from the fact we saw Mobius? I'm counting Sylvie in this as being a Loki, because technically she is one. They've dusted other people before? Or, uh, what is it, pruned? Well, they, uh, they remember what Loki said to sylvie in the last episode where he said we survive we don't die we survive okay yeah and that's what they do they're loki's they survive so obviously the loki's know how to survive but um also later on in this episode i believe it was renslayer who talked about um you know whatever ends up there good luck to those you know who survive because Eliath, the cloud, um, that monster, mm -hmm. eats everything up. Like, there's that scene with the uh, with the battleship. Oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. And immediately, just gone. Every person on that ship gone. Everything. I could. I, that's actually that's a really good point, and I appreciate you uh, answering that because that was something I was yeah. about today before we were recording. I'm like. It just seemed a little convenient. Only Loki's. No one else survived. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's a whole planet and it's huge and they could be all separated, but all the Lokis happen to be centralized in one area. Unless yeah. they're only hunting Lokis. But that doesn't and seem to be the case when you look at the battleship. I wish they had talked about it more or at least discussed it in a way. Um, how did Mobius survive? I think he had just died. I mean, it wasn't that much longer. I mean, it was like the same day if you think about it. It was literally like he got pruned. They took him and Sil Loki and Sylvie in front of the timekeepers. That's and true. And then boom. And it felt like the, there was no time had passed at so all. There's so there's probably, I'd probably say like 15, 20 minutes maybe, depending on if right. there was actually time in those areas. And I didn't think he was actually dead because there was a picture or frame or something that either got leaked or was in a trailer from before showing him driving near the pyramids. Okay. Mobius. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that he'd come back and I figured they wouldn't kill him off in such a quick fashion without any real resolution. Yeah. Um, although that was still would have been a decent ending, but anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so that was one of my questions. I'm speaking, glad you answered that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so speaking of where they're at, so they're in a place called the void and the way the Renslayer talked about it is that the void sits 
in between the end of time and like it's a space between the end of time and time itself. So basically nothing can grow. Mm -hmm. And that's why it, it basically everything that gets pruned gets shoved. It's like a big, uh, like closet. compost pit, basically. Or that too. Actually, your compost pit is a better. <laughs> Mine's apparently a dirty closet. <laughs> or a dirty closet. Yeah, that works yeah. too. That's where I was going. Uh, no, and that that makes sense. Um, so the void, the end of time. I did like that. Uh, Sylvie was like, "Yes, but technically, it would be a start of a new timeline." If they're saying this is the end of time, mm -hmm. and I was thinking that the whole time. So it was like. I like when shows do that when you're like, I'm thinking this. And then the show's like, well, we're thinking this. You're like, we're on the same page. We're a team. Yeah. <laughs> I had the same exact thought. Yeah. Ravona Renslayer. She talks about how, yeah, what? I thought for a second she was going good. And then she like revealed her true colors, but it seems like she's still interested in figuring out who the timekeepers are. Until then, it, yeah. Yeah. Until then she's like, I'm going to run things as normal. It's like, if you found out, the head of your organization is not real why are you still following but i think it's because she has nothing else to cling on to she's held into it and so devoted to it that she can't change until mm. she knows um so it was an interesting turn of uh character i thought because at first she thought maybe she was gonna be good because she is shaky she's on shaky ground right now yeah so i thought it was interesting Anyway, um, I thought I love. I thought that Sylvie was going to kill herself in order to get there because it was a one-way ticket to get yeah, there. Yeah, I she thought it was brought great a ten pad, which is great. Although I feel like they kind of wasted it, but that's just me. But I'm glad she like kind of. I wouldn't say manipulated, but kind of made Renslayer tell her what, you know, where they are. So she's yes. not like I'm pruning myself, not knowing where I'm going. Yeah, I she was like, hey, what happened? Okay, yeah, I can do that. I can survive that. You're like, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, also, Eliath, they, old Loki called him a shark, but it looked more like a rat to me. Nikki even mentioned maybe a rhino. Like, it was almost like a skeleton of, like, a rat I, or a rhino. I saw a, a meme that was, like, basically everything summed up into episode five, and it was a picture of, like, a dog in front of the cloud. Like a dog face. That. A dog yeah. face, I can see. Yeah. Um, I thought they it was even mentioned that... it. It's like a guard dog. They did. Sylvie, Sylvie did. Yeah. Um, I liked that Sylvie was the one who came up with the plan and not Loki. Like his plan sucked. And he, as soon as like they saw the battleship, he was like, let's think on that a moment or whatever he <laughs> yeah. said. I was like, yeah, you would want to. Cause it seemed like he was like, oh, I'm going to get a distraction and I'm just going to stab he's, him Well, back. he was like, he was like, well, first he's going to go for the big meal and then we can sneak around and then it just devours everything in one swoop. And he's like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like that Sylvie came up with an idea of trying to connect with the Eliath um, and that it was almost too big for her to do by herself that she needed help. Um, I yeah. know it's kind of jumping in the episode a little bit, but just kind of that's, um, that's kind of two parts. But uh, Sylvie connecting with Eliath, which I hate the the spelling of the name. I'm just going to say that right now because that's not how I would pronounce it. So every time I read it on the subtitles. Every time I hear Eliath, I think of like David and Goliath. Yeah. 
Maybe that's where it came from. So it's from. just Goliath without a G. It's a little Goliath. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that Sylvie had the idea of trying to connect with them and that she already had set up that connection point and that she referenced that later. Because I was like, what is mm-hmm. she doing? Um, I didn't even know what she was doing. And all of a sudden she had that quick flash of a vision, um, which will... Like, yeah, so um, in that part, um, when she connects with it, I I was trying to pause it as often as possible so I could see where it was. And it looked like the first thing that where the camera flies through, it looks like Asgard. I'm not was 100%, the, but it, it looks like Asgard. Asgard. Oh, no, this was the vision. I got you. No, this mind. is the vision, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then the second area that kind of looked like space. My guess was maybe the quantum realm, but I, I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. I think someone posted somewhere. I saw saying that that was like a known headquarters or something yeah. to do with Kang the conqueror, uh, which we'll be talking about in more detail uh, towards the end of this episode. Um, so, so I like that Sylvie actually questioned Loki asking if she could really trust him basically. And yeah, I thought that was a really nice question because it, it's a very valid question. What I loved about that scene, though, is I know she's questioning everything because every Loki has thought of, okay, I, it, Loki even said it to Sylvie. He betrayed his father. He betrayed his brother, his, his city. Mm-hmm. Like, he betrayed everybody that uh, loved him. And so she's feeling the same way being like, well, how, how can I trust you if you've betrayed all these other people just like I have? And it's right. kind of nice because uh, Loki gets into a part that we've never seen him before. Um, whereas he's developed feelings for her because he's always, he's like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but you can tell Loki has changed to a side where he doesn't want to betray her Mm -hmm. and he wants to be with her because later on in that scene, uh, he talks about wanting to figure out everything afterwards together. Yeah. And it seemed like it was an unspoken thing that they both knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm like, do I want them to hook up in this season or next? I kind of feel like they should. I would say next, next season. season. Yeah. Like, kind of make it where, like, maybe they hold hands at the very end or something that kind of symbolizes it, but not a kiss or anything like that. Let them earn it a little bit more. Well, they kind of did at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But that wasn't a relationship thing. That was more no, of, like, that was more of an channel together, like a power thing. Wonder Twin Powers activate. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Wrong universe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking about that. So um, I really like seeing Sylvie and Loki's relationship continue. I love Sylvie as a character, 100%. Yeah, I me think too. she's the best thing to come out of the show outside of obviously a better version of Loki. And I'd even throw Mobius in there as well. Those three characters I absolutely love. And I want all three of them to return for season two. Anyone else is fine. Renslayer could return as a villain or something. B-15, I think, is a good person to who's going to be a good guy and can die. I'd like to see more variations of Loki, if we can. Maybe even very... Yeah. I mean, we got a taste of Thor being turned into a frog. Maybe we can get another taste of, you know, a different Captain America or a different Thor or, you know, something like that. 
That would be really interesting to see someone like that. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be someone who's like completely out of the universe yet. Because um, I know, like for example, I don't want to say this because it's a potential spoiler for a different show, but there was a show that dealt with the multiverse, the Arrowverse. I'll just say that. Arrowverse, there was a character who was killed off, and then the very next episode, because it's a multiverse show, they show her doppelganger who's evil, and it's like, give us time to grieve. Yeah. Like, for these characters make us miss them don't bring because them back. then yeah if they bring them back way too soon you're like uh walking dead did the same thing with a character i'm not going to mention their name she died everyone loved her everyone cried whatever and then like two episodes later she was in it again as like a ghost or vision or dream or something and i'm just like why if you're going to do that wait a season or two like give us time so when we mm-hmm. see them again it's like oh i didn't even think about them coming back um but yes, so I feel like we'll we'll have to see what happens with those characters, but it'll be very interesting. But Sylvie and Loki's relationship needs to be the core of the show. Going Absolutely. Forward. So let me ask you a question on that topic. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to get through it because I want them to be together. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it's super weird because they're basically the same person. <laughs> Someone can love themselves, okay? There's nothing wrong with self-love. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe we should take a poll. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so here's the thing. The way that they're developing Loki's and Sylvie's relationship, technically they're the same person, but technically they're also not. Right. Because they're, as they're I talked about it in the last episode, I feel like it's it's a different universe. So it's the same character, but a completely different persona of that character. Well, I think it helps with the relationship a because she's female right even though we know that he's um essentially bisexual um we know so, but that'd be different if like the president loki that we saw yeah I, the, uh, loki, I, the I called him the political. politician loki a politician yeah i i thought i kept calling him mayor loki in the trailer but apparently it's president loki off of a specific uh storyline but like if we saw our loki tom hiddleston with mm-hmm. political mayor loki present loki together that would be weird because it's the same actor even if they could find a way to do it digitally or he kisses his stunt double whatever which is a weird job for a stunt double (laughs) (laughs) but usually stunt doubles look like the person that's the only reason i said that um but that would be weird but the fact that she's i'm not saying because she's female but i'm saying the fact that she looks different Mm -hmm. okay like let's say there was a version of loki that was closer to his age like the boastful one right yeah boastful loki and our Loki got together, that would be fine because, it, yes, it's a variant of the same person, but it's not the same visual person. I think visual is a big deal with these. Oh, guys. definitely. You can't um, have them be the same looking. I I like that they brought Tom Hiddleston to do the the presidential. I thought it was actually Loki. Loki. I did like in the trailer. I thought. Oh, I thought it was actually Loki. Loki in the trailer as well. But that's I probably that why was... they did it in the first place, so they could. Right throw people off their scent you know um i would like to see that loki be a or a version of loki that looks like tom hiddleston be evil loki versus good loki in a future storyline well i'm kind of curious because uh they're all fighting each other in that one scene and then uh you see loki sneaking around everybody trying to escape and then loki kid loki alligator loki and classic loki all escape yeah um but i'm curious on you know who survived that entire fight 
that was happening in that area. Well, they all survive um, is kind of their motto. So we'll see. But I think that'd be cool for a future story element. Or what if something happens that when they get out, no one's guarding the door and all the Lokis get out? Well, here's the thing, though. When they enchanted uh, Elias, yeah. did he die or was he just enchanted? I would say look at it as the same rules that we saw when it applied to a humanoid, which is, um, I'm saying humanoid because we don't technically know if like B-15's human. You know what I mean? She could be Kree, she could be whatever. But um, it works that they are inside their mind, that they have a way of controlling to a degree. I think they're just using it to keep... It's like um, in Harry Potter uh, in the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, it's like when they wanted the guard dog Fluffy to go to sleep. They used the Oh, flute. yeah. That's how I imagine the enchanting is doing this. It's not because they want to get inside his head. I mean, unless they're trying to get information, but it's really to either A, get information so they can get out, or B, it's just so he can be asleep so they can get through the trap door. Right. So maybe it's more like she's connecting with Elias to control his mind kind of like he did with b15 and he was talking she was talking through b15 yeah i think it'd be just maybe it's more like that and just being like hey i'm gonna move this way i'm gonna control the big giant cloud to move this way so we can escape and or she's gonna use it to help destroy the original person i doubt that i did too I, did too. Uh, I think because... that would be like something halfway through the episode. She's like, I'm going to do this. And then something's going to throw that off and throw it out the window right before you think everything's going to end. What Those I think will happen sword. is that once they go through, she's going to let go of the enchantment and Eliath is still going to be in charge of everything. Like it may be disoriented or something like that, but it might go back into being I don't think a giant evil cloud. The whole point in my mind of this episode was to basically get Eliath gone the whole point of the episode was Eliath is a problem how do we deal with it end of the episode resolution boom so if you immediately undo the resolution at say the beginning of the next episode the finale but Eliath didn't disappear he didn't disappear but he's under control but if I'm saying like let's say that she goes through was it a portal was it just a part inside the Mm, void do you think I think it was just a part inside the void See, and that's the thing I I like about the show is that there's a lot of rules that you don't know yet. We're learning as we go. And normally that hasn't been the case with Marvel. We just kind of like, okay, there's aliens, there's androids and wizards. That's the three categories. Could you imagine being the type of guy who has to come up with this type of shit? Can you imagine being like, hey, how is this going to work and tie into this? And how is that going to work if this ties into that? Um, But before they um, actually connect with Elioth, they have Loki and Mobius say goodbye. Which is a great moment. I almost teared up. <laughs> I was like, this is such a tender moment. I, That's why I wrote it down. It is one of the best moments of the entire episode. Season. Because you get to see Loki sh- show that other side that we've never seen before. That vulnerable, um, you know, emotional side of him where... Um, you know, most of the time it's destruction and he's trying to overrule everything. But mm-hmm. now it's more like, look, I've made a friend. I've realized what it feels like to lose someone that I care about. And so when he changes it and, you know, he grows with Sylvie and 
he starts developing those feelings when like you can tell on his face when he sees Mobius for the first time, he's, he's relieved, he's happy. And so when they say goodbye and he's like, Oh, what are you going to do with the TVA? And he, and Mobius is like, Oh, I'm going to burn it down. Like, I'm going to just, I don't know how he's it down, do man. He might as well just stayed with him in my opinion, <clears throat> because that was their one way out. Should they need it? And now yeah. they don't have one. They have to go forward in order to go out. And that's sometimes a good way to go about it in terms of storytelling. Um, but yes, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next with Mobius inside yeah. the TVA while they're fighting outside the TVA inside yeah. the void. And I think it was I think it was just kind of a tender, nice moment when, you know, Owen Wilson was just like, Hey, you know, it was nice seeing you again, but I'm gonna continue. But Loki's like, No, man, we're we're friends. And he gives him a hug, which I thought was just a wonderful moment. Oh, 100%. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Um, because it sh- I mean, even the last episode, I think it was, at the very beginning, they were bickering. You betrayed me. No, you betrayed me. And then you see them not one episode later. And yeah. we're talking. It is probably the same day, if we're being honest. Like, all the events probably happened in one day. From probably within episode. the first 24 hours, yeah. So the fact they went from basically almost wanting to rip each other apart to, no, we're hugging. This is where we are now because so much has happened in that short span of time or yeah. however much time it is. Um, it would be interesting to see if we get a variant of Thor as like a cameo in season two to see the new Loki. Because he always wanted Loki to do better and he never got to really see that until the very end. But at the same time, he did get to see it in Infinity War and I feel like getting Chris Hemsworth to come do a cameo is probably a bit much. Well... Now that I think about it, um, I'm curious to see who the actual Loki was supposed to be for Sylvie's timeline, if they ever show anything like that. Because if she wasn't supposed to be there, who was the Loki that was supposed to be there, you know? Or even see the Thor that she was supposed to grow up with. Is Thor is Thor a girl? Is Thor the 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 female version in that I don't, I don't in that so. universe? Not Natalie Portman version, no. Well, not Natalie Portman. It, it could be like no, Sif but... or someone like that, for example. Um, which wouldn't be that much that, of a stretch. But... It's a bit of a stretch, but... Um, well, I mean, maybe I Thor is just a woman and her name is Thor. Let's say that since all signs are pointing towards Kang. So yeah. Kang, let's say that he created the TVA so he could better create outcomes that suit him, right? So on that topic, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but... Um, You're good. Uh... I saw a post today on Instagram um, that Kang might be one of the main timekeepers. He does kind of look like a timekeeper. Like he looks like one of the timekeepers that has just the flat helmet looking thing on him. It would be very interesting to see if he is the timekeeper. Maybe he just said there was three. Maybe there was three at some time. We'll say there was Bang and Jang and he killed them. Because Kang wants to be the Conqueror. Maybe that's where he got his nickname. Who knows? But let's say Kang created the TVA in order to preserve things in his favor. The way he wants it to be. Right? But in a variation of a timeline that he saw over and over again, he sees that Lokis, doesn't matter which one, are the ones that end him. In every single one. So he had the TVA hunt them all down. Which would explain why Sylvie wasn't supposed to be there, supposedly. We were just told that she's a variant. That she wasn't supposed to be there. We don't actually know that. Loki, yes, he's definitely a variant based off of because we know the full timeline of the MCU. We don't right. know Sylvie's timeline. 
We just know that she was a little girl playing with with some toys of Valkyries and then got snatched. That's it. She looked completely innocent until that moment. Well, so I'm wondering if... And think about how many Lokis are in the Void. Well, here's the thing, though. Isn't Kang a bad guy? Yeah. So why would they have all these rules that actually make sense in a way of like law enforcement for because, the TVA? Because when you're doing time, look how easy it is to mess up time. Look at Avengers Endgame. One mess mistake led to all of the events in Loki. One. If you think about that, the fact that the briefcase got knocked down or whatever you right. want to call it. One mistake led this entire line being branched off using their terminology Imagine if it goes unchecked. Someone who's in charge of time, who wants to protect himself from any variation of attack in the form of time, wants to per make sure he has his own army, a.k.a. the TVA. Then he knows Loki's a threat, so he sends the TVA to hunt them down, which would explain why there's so many Lokis in one place. Because they've all been pruned. You really think... I mean, it's possible that Lokis, because they are very devious, they are very... So deceived. why would they keep... That variants there like they're not they just they like, can't get rid of matter completely is what i think uh well i mean like oh, like no. uh sylvie they try and take her into custody and stuff like that you know like normal law enforcement try and get mm -hmm. some information out of her but i mean they don't ever plan on resetting her that's not true. That's not true. Because of the fact that in the last episode, what happened was they took Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers and they said, you're about to be terminated. Do you have oh, any that's words? right. So, which again, I, I complained about this in the last episode of ours about the last episode, mm -hmm. that if they were just going to kill them, why they didn't bring them before the timekeepers? Why? There was zero reason to do so. But I want to say, I remember last episode, the timekeepers wanted to see them before they were terminated. All he said is, do you have any last words before you die? That, yeah. That was it. Yeah, they did. So to me, I'm like, what would be the point of that? But going back into Kang, the Kang theory that he's in charge of the TVA. And I'm just, this is a theory, guys. I'm not saying I'm betting money. This is it. I'm just like, this is an idea, possibility of anything. We keep saying Kang show up everywhere in Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. Even Rav even Ravona, A23, I think. A23 being Ravona. Um, was actually a reference to a comic where Kang the Conqueror was in love with her in that first appearance comic that she was in. A23? I think it was A23. Nikki also had a theory, by the way, that Kang the Conqueror, or not Kang, uh, Mobius might be in charge of the TVA. This is before last episode when we when it really seemed like he didn't have any idea. Um, she thinks he could, he could be playing. So kind of like... Um... The Mandarin in Iron Man Three. Yeah, so basically like just a just shadows. a fake version of Kang. I don't think that's the case at this point, but Nikki brought it up to me again, so I thought. Well, that's I'd a good theory. That out there. That's not a bad theory. Um, yeah. So back to A twenty three on Ravona's chest thing. Um, it is a reference to a certain comic, uh, Avengers number twenty three, which is the first issue we get to see Kang in. Not Ravona? Uh-uh. Oh, I knew it was one or the other or both. I thought it was at <clears> least Ravona. But I think I they didn't start doing uh, TVA comic books until the like late 90s or early 2000s. 
90s is when shit got weird in the comics. Um, so it's the first appearance of him, but not Ravona. But I heard or read somewhere that that was the first time we see him making uh, proclamations of love of some form yeah. to Ravona. Um, and also um, the TVA was first mentioned in a Thor comic. Mm-hmm. Back in 1986. Yeah, 80s, 90s is when things got really complex yeah. in comics. Um, somehow yeah, they're still going, man. I don't get it. It's That's a whole different topic. Um, anyway, yeah, so for me, if I had to give a theory that I'm not putting a lot of credence into, but I'm like, I would totally buy this if they said this is the case. Kane Conqueror created the TVA, threatened by Lokis, so he hunts Lokis using the TVA. And then everything went crazy when our Loki got involved. That's where I'm at right now. I don't have... I mean, who else? Who else is there? Well, yeah, things got crazy, but they kept Loki for a reason. If there was someone higher up that didn't want Loki to be a part of it to begin with, they would have said something. Ravona wouldn't have let... Ravona wouldn't have let Mobius let Loki come in and help them find that Sylvie. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Um, so, Unless the timekeepers didn't know. They're just like, hey, you're doing this. Well, what if the timekeepers see... aren't even real? What if it is just Kang? Well, I'm saying timekeepers as in whoever it is, like Kang or, right. or whatever, because we know that that's obviously not. Um, another thing that I noticed um, is that when the cloud opened up, there was a castle. I read something earlier today that when uh, that Kang, that's that's Kang's castle essentially. Yeah, I, th- I think I read something similar. <clears throat> and uh, not only that, there is another Easter egg, the Avengers Tower. So yes. when you first see Loki, you see a destroyed Avengers Tower, but it says Q E N G. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it was a different letter. Uh... And I was trying to figure out what that was, but um, what it is, is uh, in one of the comics, Kang actually bought um, Stark Tower from Tony Stark. Yeah. I mean, and he turned it into Kang Industries or Enterprises or whatever it was. So be all two thousands with it by making a different. He was trying to hide his alias under his alias, essentially. Just which really makes no sense. I know it really doesn't, but it's spelled (laughs) differently. Like when you said it that way, yeah. I'm not Mister Sith. I'm Mister Smith. You know, like (laughs) we know the truth. You know, many times I've accidentally exactly my last name typing it, typed in Sith instead of Smith. (laughs) Michael Sith fan. So. Everything keeps pointing towards Kang. We see mm-hmm. the tower. Ravona is definitely a Kang reference, I would say. I mean, because she seems like, I mean, I don't know anything about her in the comics, but I would guess she's very insignificant when you look at her versus Kang, that he's a much bigger part. And Kang the Conqueror might be the big bad of season, or phase four in general. Because if Kang the Conqueror is here, and yet we know Kang the Conqueror is going to be in Quantumania, which comes out two years from now, he's obviously not going anywhere. Which leads me to also ask you, what do you think is going to happen? Let's say it is Kang inside this castle they go to. They can't kill him. Ah. What? You found something? Okay. So. 
Um, yes, Ravona is in the first issue. So what happens is Kang tries to profess his love for Ravona, but she, you know, basically just brushes him off and was just like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to be with you. Because your name starts with a K. If it started with something cool like a Q or something, I'd totally for it. Or an R. (laughs) Rang? Ding dong! (laughs) Why an R? Why did you throw an R in there? Because of Ravona. See, my joke is funnier. My joke is way funnier. Um, So... Kang professes uh, his love for Ravona. Ravona rejects him. So Kang uh, calls upon the Avengers to basically is just like, hey, I need you guys as my wingman. Essentially, um, to get Ravona to fall in love with him. But um, eventually the Avengers team up with Ravona after Kang is like, hey, I'm just tired of this. I don't have patience for this anymore. And then they end up fighting, and then Kang, that's how we learn that Kang is the bad guy. Kang must be the new big bad. Like He's, he's got to be. The new Thanos. I don't know if we were going to say the next Thanos, but he's definitely the next big villain. That's um, that's way too big, because we're still just getting into like the new Avengers, uh, possibly even Planet Hulk. We got She-Hulk. You know, I don't, I don't think they would have... Uh, they would... Um, mention a big bad this soon after i agree i agree but he's a big bad at least for maybe the fourth event or fifth avengers movie he's like i would assume he's probably going to be like a red skull he seems like a big bad but they're going to defeat him in probably the next season or maybe even like ant-man or or doctor he's in ant-man and in doc well we don't know he's in doctor strange but we know that loki ties into doctor strange somehow it makes more sense for it to be tied into Ant-Man at this point than yeah. Doctor Strange. I bl- I trust in Marvel. They haven't led us astray yet. I don't know if we're going to see anyone from any of the other Marvel franchises. I don't know if I want to, unless they say it's from a multiverse situation. Because then you're kind of... It's like, for example, recently Hugh Jackman teased a return to Wolverine mm-hmm. in the MCU. I don't want it, that to happen. It might be a what-if episode. It's... That would actually be okay. I'd be down for anything that's animated because to me that doesn't count. Um, he might just be voicing him. That would be knows. super cool. So, <laughs> Loki learning enchantment. Yes. So, you know, obviously they get it open, but the cool part. Well, let me let me let me scoot back before that happens. Okay. So one thing I wrote down in my notes. His Richard E. Grant is such a badass as classic Loki. I mean, that scene where he builds Asgard as a basically just a wall to keep mm-hmm. Eliath in there so they can escape or they can enchant him anyway. Right. Um, but that whole scene from from the beginning when you see him conjuring all that stuff with just so much power and the music is playing it is just so intense but um he's so cool i think he portrayed him perfectly 
Oh, I did too. Way. I think he was great, and I liked the fact that he was just an older version of Loki. Like, he was the original mm-hmm. Loki who just didn't die. Meaning he literally did all the same steps that Loki did. And so it was a way of him seeing his own future of a variation um, that never happened. Yeah. Now, I the thing I was like, they just killed him off for no reason. It's not for no reason. I mean, No, it's, it's part- definitely not. Well, I, I don't mean that as in, like, oh, he died for nothing. What I was saying is, like, it is it a waste of a good character you could have used in the future? I say no, because he taught Loki they're more powerful than they realize. Which, and again, leads credence to my theory that Kang is afraid of Lokis. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go back to it, but it just brought back up in my mind. But I think that's and true. Not only that, but um, he talks about his life. Like, because Loki's like, look, I want to know. Like, I'm stuck in the dark. I see all these other Lokis, but I don't know what you guys have been through. Like, I want to know what you guys have been through. And so classic Loki's like, you know, I did all this mischief stuff, but, you know, I escaped. I caused my own, I faked my own death, but I ended up being lonely. I hated it. You know, after I had all this power, I had nothing to do with it. There was no purpose. You know, they say they have a glorious purpose, but at that point, you could tell he had no purpose up until that end when he saved Loki and Sylvie. Right. And I do like that too. I wasn't saying that when I was saying like, did he die? Was it a waste of a character because he didn't do anything? Right. I was saying it in the fact that again, reusability, because when you have a great actor like Richard E. Grant, right? Yeah. Um, you have a great actor such as that, who's been in notable franchises such as Marvel, such as Dr. Who and Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah. And he, he nailed it. Like I liked when he had his moments where he could be comedic. He had his moments where he was serious. He had his moments where he was um, funny. Or no, serious. Serious, funny, and just a fighter. Or mentorship. I was going like serious like that. But anyways, you know what I mean. Yeah, kind of um, like the uh, – he's kind of like the uh, Ben Kenobi to Loki's Luke Skywalker. 100%. Thank you. That's exactly the way I, I would – He's the mentor. It. Yeah, exactly. He's the mentor. And then they, they automatically kill him off, which I know they did with Ben, but Ben was still around. But he did teach Loki the lesson of we're more powerful than we think. I'm really hoping <clears throat> after this whole, you know, situation happens, you know, Loki learns to, you know, be more trustworthy. He learns to trust other people. He learns love. He learns friendship. He learns all this stuff. So maybe eventually in the MCU, he comes back um, to his normal life where he gets to be Thor's brother. He gets to be a part of the Avengers because later, well, I know in the comics, I'm not exactly sure what issue, but he fights with the Avengers. Oh, I'm sure he's teamed up the Avengers before I me. Mean, he was on the, the Revengers team. Oh, right. In my mind, I think that it'll be very interesting to see how they end season one. Knowing that there's a season two, yeah. pointing all signs to Kang the Conqueror. If it is Kang, you can't kill him because he's in Quantumania. And he seems like he's going to be at least, I would say, Avengers 5 villain, potentially. My my first guess, or my first hope back before Endgame was that we were going to get World War Hulk as Avengers 5. I'm, I'm glad they didn't do World War Hulk. I'm hoping they do... Uh, Planet Hulk? Uh, Planet Hulk, yeah. They kind of did that with uh, Ragnarok. I'm hoping they do something similar to that because they're bringing in She-Hulk. Right. Well, this episode, I would just say, like, if I was trying to summarize it, I would say that 
it got weirder because you got to see a lot more variants. It added some more layers to the already complex Sylvie and Loki relationship. Mm-hmm. Again, I think the actress they chose for Sylvie is phenomenal. I think she's a perfect female version of Loki. Um, the fact that basically they realize now that they are more powerful, which will and that they have to fight together and that they both can trust each other. They're now past the point of no return. Yeah. They walk through the barrier, or whatever you want to call it, the portal, the opening. Well, I would assume if they can go through the end of time, they can go through any part of time from then. Possibly. I'm not sure. Um, But the fact that they're basically walking into someone's castle, we don't know who, because we don't know who's behind this whole thing. Not Kang. If they try to fight him, they can't kill him off because he's coming back out. So I don't know what they're going to do at the end of the season, because how are you going to give Sylvie closure? for Sylvie needs closure by the end of the season. That's what needs to happen. Loki's well, just what trying if, to get out of this whole situation. What if uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium is just a... I don't want to call it a prequel. To Avengers 5? To Loki? So maybe... I hope not. Quantumanium is happening in the events of Loki, which is why Kang is in there. And then eventually, maybe if they make like a new, another Ant-Man movie or... But here's the thing, though. Yes, Kang is a part of Ant-Man. And Loki is technically rumored, because he's in the comics with Doctor Strange, is supposed to be in Multiverse of Madness. But I also read up on that where Loki is supposed to tie into Spider-Man. Yes. So I heard that Lo- like the multiverse was going to kind of start with Loki, Wanda, I'm not going to say WandaVision, but Wanda, um, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man. But maybe Quantumania is going to be agree. kind of another part of that piece I'm just, of the puzzle. I'm just curious on how it's going to happen because Spider-Man comes out first. And then we get mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and then Ant-Man. Yeah. So, But with this many projects within phase four being directed towards Kang in a form or a multiverse of a form, which is all pointing against signs towards Kang. Yeah. I think he's going to be the Avengers five villain. That only makes sense to me, but how do you have a, a resolution of this season? Unless they decide that Ravona was the one who created the TVA all along and that she remembers why Sylvie. And so her Sylvie killing Ravona is her, whatever. Maybe Kang comes back as Avenger. My, like if that's movie. the case, my thinking is that, Loki's going to go up against Kane, possibly lose. Kang's going to escape. And Loki's going to have to try and find the new Avengers or even like Sam and Bucky and have to explain, look, this dude is coming. Yes, I've known I've, you know, screwed up in the past, but you got to believe me that this guy's coming. I'll team up with you. We have to get the rest of the team together and fight this guy. That would be a great post-credit scene for Thor 4. Yes. But yeah, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. I think after next week, we're going to have a lot more answers. We're also going to have a lot more questions about the future, just like this week did. Last week, we're like, oh, what's going to happen? We got more answers. We got more questions. But that's what I love about these kind of shows. That I want to mention about this episode is the music. I know I mentioned that earlier, but... There are so many different scenes where it reminds me a lot of Endgame and a lot of 
I'm going to go back to it, but Aquaman had a, just this amazing, just super dramatic music. And it's just so good. Like when you know when there's a good scene happening, the music is just amazing. So the scene that really like that I connect to is that scene with Richard E. Grant. Um, that scene where he's building Asgard yes. and he's protecting Loki and Sylvie. That music, though, it's so dramatic. It's super intense, just like Endgame, just like Infinity War. It is just so perfect for that yeah. scene. I agree, hundred percent. I I think that they if they were like, hey, we want you to come in basically for one episode. We're gonna give you a really good arc within the episode and a killer um, exit that's gonna lead on to Loki being the next version of himself or a stronger version of himself, and. One thing I did notice that I've, we didn't really talk about, I'm just going to mention it. We don't need to go into it. Kid Loki didn't come back. Classic Loki did. So I wonder if we're going to see I, Kid Loki in season two. I noticed that too, but I doubt it because Loki asked them to come with him. But he's like, no, this is our home. We know how to survive here, so we're going to stay. That's true. That's true. But classic Loki, you know, he turned back and and looked and was like, you know, he has that look on his face like, should I turn back and help him? Which, you know, eventually he does, but... Yeah, but no, I agree. I think the musical score was great. I think um, Richard E. Grant was great. Yes. I thought the whole... All the extra Loki variations was good. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. I think so, we just gotta wait till next week and see what happens, and uh, I don't think we're gonna see anything else in this multiverse saga, whatever you want to call it, until December with Spider-Man. Yep. And we'll definitely cover all of those coming up soon. So stay tuned for all of those. But until then, um, follow us on social media. So that's all we got today. Nerd on. <laughs>